I think, you know, I did not really learn it. It is, I love people and I love to really understand what drives them. That was always my thing. Welcome to another episode of Partners in Time. My name is Paul Ripke. I'm a photographer, podcaster, storyteller. I do a fashion label and mainly I'm a watch lover. And that's one of the reasons why I'm the special host of this podcast. Like Christoph Granger, the CEO of IWC, is going to talk to successful and inspiring personalities about their life and about their visions every week. I'm going to try to talk to the people behind the brand at IWC, at the watchmaking industry. I hope we're going to discover the secret behind IWC watches and the heritage behind the brand. Let's talk to an expert now. Let's dive deeper. My name is Paul Ripke. Welcome to another episode of Partners in Time. Hello, everybody, and very nice to have you with us today. Today, we're going to talk to somebody, or I'm going to talk to somebody, a woman that proves women can achieve a lot. She's responsible for the development and implementation of the company's global strategy in over 20 markets. She's also chair of the IWC Sustainability Committee and was previously CEO of the luxury hosiery brand Fogal. Is that spelled like, did I pronounce it right? Yeah, that's First perfect. Question, Francisca. That's perfect, okay. Paul. I was, I'm happy to be here with I you have, today. <laughs> <laughs> You've also gained a great deal of experience in the commercial sector through various sales and marketing roles. So you've been uh, at Feldschlesschen, which is a Swiss Karlsberg brand beer. So you like beer? Do, do you like beer? Yes, I, I really love beer. Meanwhile, I spent more than eight years in the brewery industry. So I really like it. Yeah. Okay. And you've been a marketing director there, right? And then you've been member of the board of directors for the uh, yeah, chocolate luxury brand Lind and Sprüngli. Mm -hmm. uh, is that your career pretty much summed up very fast and, and short? Did I miss something? Yes, you missed something because I started actually in fashion. So first I worked in, in the advertising oh. uh, industry and then I had two years in fashion as a as a, as a, a retail sales director for a Danish brand. And then I joined uh, the beer industry because I felt like now, you know, after fashion, advertising and fashion, I need to be a bit more rooted. And I wanted to have, as I called it at the, at the time, a very honest product. And beer is super honest, right? It is, totally. <laughs> so, but I forgot to introduce you properly. Welcome, Franziska Xell, the Chief Marketing Officer, member of the Board of Directors of IWC Schaffhausen, which started in fashion, went to beer, then chocolate, and is now in the topic of watches. Hello, Franziska. How are you? I'm fine, Paul. Thank you for welcoming so, so nicely. So you are CMO. You're mainly yeah, responsible for marketing, right? Yes. That's your, your job position. But today. It's Earth Day. We're, we're calling each other on Earth Day. And I do want to talk about sustainability because that's something that's of a big interest for me. I heard it's of big interest for the company as well, as well as you personally. So um, what do you do? Like, honestly, I do understand sustainability in cars, in fashion, in consumer goods that are a lot of pieces. What's the thing about sustainability in the watch industry? I think first of all, you know, when, when we think about 
the product we are producing, it's a lasting product. So it is already sustainable because it ticks on your wrist forever and ever. You can hand it over to the next generation. At IWC, we produce for more than 150 years watches, luxury watches, and some of them still tick. So that means... Sustainable, yes, because the product is sustainable as such, but then we have to make sure that everything that goes in that product is most responsibly done. And that is where we focus on so that we have our long-term thinking going into the product and that we, I mean, make sure, you know, that the world we live in, because we have just this one world, um, is at, or becomes, uh, at, uh, goes into a better, better, better position. But help me out right now. So there's the watch, there's the wristband, and there's packaging. That's probably the three topics where you can talk about sustainability, right? Not if really. You're on the producing level. No, there's even more. I mean, think about when we say from the sketchbook to the wrist, if you think all the different steps, so it's from the sourcing, obviously, you know, until you have produced the product as such. There we, we show, you know, how responsible we do it. But then it goes even into marketing. My area, you know, that we that we speak about sustainable events, for instance, that we speak about um, FSC, Forest uh, Stewardship Council certified wood, you know, in our boutique. So you can go much further than only the product, the packaging, um, um, and the, the the strap. I mean, the strap is part of the product, but so you can you can go much further. Okay, but let's start with the product, and then tell me about the. I'm yeah. I did not think that through totally, that it is really, you're totally right, the, the events, I didn't think about the events. You do launch events and stuff like that. I've talked to Christian Knob about storytelling as well, and all of the, the events to launch new products is part of the storytelling as well, but product-wise. So sourcing, that's um, what you do regarding sustainable uh, yeah, material to source watches. I think, first of all, it's really important that um, a, a consumer, customer knows precisely well what goes into the product and knows, you know, that everything is really done in the most responsible way. So in our industry, we, for instance, when we talk about precious metal and precious mm -hmm. stones, there is an organization that's the leading organization, that's the Responsible Jewelry Council. And we are a, mo a member since 2012 and have been certified um, in early 2014 for the first time. So this is, as I said, it's a non-profit association dedicated to working for best social, ethical and env environmental practices in the, in the watch and jewelry industry. And this is really from, mine, from mines to retail. So that means as a member, and we are a member, we have to be independently audited by um, the RJC standards. So you look really into all the different business areas to really understand that you get this certification. That means that all our suppliers uh, of precious metal and diamonds are certified as well. So we have just recently, last year, been um, certified again on the highest standard, on the on the latest standard of the Code of Practices, and we just achieved in last February um, the the Code of uh, the Chain of Custody certification, which means that this really trace all the precious metal components in in the watch. So that is a, another achievement we have, but all goes into the, the, into the same direction that you have clarity, you know, that 
what goes into the product is responsibly done. Okay. But so tw 2012, that's super early, right? So it was important to IWC before kind of, yeah, before Greta came around um, <laughs> that you uh, take care of the sourcing, right? Yeah, but I think it goes back, you know, into what we said at the very beginning, you know, that you choose a mechanical water luxury timepiece as companion on your wrist and, and this companion stays on your wrist forever. So it's a product you keep. So therefore, it makes a lot of sense, you know, that our thinking is long term as well. Okay. Packaging. I saw like um, 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 I own a big pilot and it comes with like it's not only an Apple packaging you throw away straight away. It's made for travel as well, right? Yes. Is that something you made out of sustainability or, or why? when did that happen? When did you change that? Yeah, we introduced this new packaging system in 2019 and it was actually through just observing, you know, how our people act with the product. And as you just described it, I mean, we have people which are traveling a lot with the watches. And then we said, okay, the solution must be a little travel pouch so that you create a product in its own right. So it's not just the packaging, it's a product in its own right. Own, own right. What we then did, I mean, we, we reduced the volume and weight by 30%. We reduced the, the plastic by 90%. What is still in is recyclable plastic. So uh, that is, you know, to really make this product with its own right, sustainable. And then, I mean, you can add to it. I mean, if you really want to go for a bigger packaging, you can purchase uh, a box um, on top of it and you can even put four of these travel pouches into the box and you have a collector's box. So it's an entire system we introduced. Who's pushing for these kind of things at IWC? Is it Chris? I talked to Christian Knob. Who's pushing for that? Is that your kind of topic? It's actually, I mean, it's all of us because we established a committee which I chair. And in the committee, we have 11 members. So 50% of the members are my executive committee colleagues. Uh, and then we have all the different departments of the company represented. And I think that is the key to our journey, I would say, you know, that we have, that we make ourselves accountable. And then we, We involve, you know, all the employees at IWC as well. I mean, they, they can add and bring uh, ideas to the table which we are collecting. Um, and this is not just in Jaffausen, this is globally. So we have in all the markets, we have sustainability ambassadors. We collect feedback from, from our customers. We have a close conversation with our suppliers. So you have so many um, different angles where ideas Come, come at the table. But I think important is that we have established a bit more than five years ago this committee where we meet uh, four times a year and really put ourselves, you know, into the responsibility that we really act on our on our goals. And I think that is another topic, how we have chosen to do that. Because If you are around for 150 years and we are not a startup, I mean, if you do a startup, you can be sustainable from day one on. We have been very sustainable from day one on as well because we have this lasting product. But then if you change and go into all the different fields, uh, that's why I said before, it's a journey that never ends. You, you will never end that journey, but it's important that you set yourself 
self-objectives, which you can then measure against. And therefore, we decided a couple of years ago that we go into an open conversation and publish um, a sustainability report. Um, we just published last summer the third edition, and it's the second on global reporting initiative standards. This is important that you give, you know, this full transparency. So we put then these goals we have decided as a team, together with the CEO, of course, as well, that this is, these are the goals for, for the next cycle, for the next two years. And then we measure against it. And this is publicly visible because you can just go on our website and then you see the report and you see the eight plus one goals we have for the next cycle, which ends in 22. So I think that is really important, you know, because then when you commit yourself and you commit yourself to a transparent uh, dialogue, you get feedback, you get feedback from all the different stakeholders. And that makes this journey exciting, uncomfortable as well, because uh, it's, you know, for us humans, it's easier not to change. Um, but I see, you know, in, in at IWC, this is really uh, involving everybody and everybody is happy to contribute. I think that is really a great story of success. Totally. It's, it's you know, what I'm thinking of? It's, um, I did two years ago, I, I'm quite overweight and I'm very social and I like to drink too much, to be honest. I, I should not work in the beer industry. So I I talked to a doctor, I did a couple of tests, and he said, like, well, you got to watch out at the end. Your blood pressure is too high. So um, And I do some Instagram stuff and I do a podcast and I publicly said I'm going to do one year of veganism. Oh, I did that. Oh, I already did it. Yeah. And yeah. one year of non-alcohol. So that's mm. been the two things I wanted to change. And at the end, what made me change it was the publicly, like the announcing and then being accountable for it. So you're kind of doing <laughs> the, and that's been the only kind of goal I really succeeded in, in the last 10 years in my private life, you know, like I tried so many times to, yeah, yeah, I should drink less. I should do this and that. I should start sport or whatever. But the moment I put it out there, and really made myself accountable for it. And that's where I had to push super hard. And I just read an article about there's a website where you can, like it's it's kind of the same thing, but in a totally different way. You tell them, I have this goal for this month. And then you have to put up money and it goes to a very bad cause, which I should, I don't think we should support that, but it's interesting that humans, uh, yeah, go to the, like reach their goals once it hurts them <laughs> if they don't reach it you know so so we need a little bit of of push and i kind of feel that this is also you know if if you make that public and if you if you're stating that that's what we want to do two years later somebody will ask you why didn't you do it <laughs> if Absolutely. you didn't do it or if you succeed yeah Absolutely. that's super interesting and you can never go back right you cannot now all yeah. of a sudden say you know what we don't publish any longer no no i mean yeah. this journey you started and you have to continue yeah, totally. How did COVID hit, like like did that change the whole? Because the next circle ends in twenty twenty one. You said End no twenty twenty or twenty 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 twenty. Yeah. Okay. So did yeah? What did that uh, sustainability and and COVID nineteen? How did that change or affect uh, the whole system? I mean, it turned the world upside down. It did. It did, and I think it has changed us. 
it has changed us. I mean, there are, even in, in, in this COVID, I think there are positive, very positive things in. I think most of us, we care more. I mean, we, we think maybe twice before we purchase. We think what we purchase. We start to question, you know, we question companies, how they do their business. And I think this is great. This is great because us as the as the customers, we have an enormous power. We just have to live it. And I think it has really changed for, for the good as well. I mean, the challenges are, we are all in those challenges, right? I mean, it's not the easiest um, time in our lives, most probably. But the good thing is, you know, that we think about our planet more often now and that we question maybe now in our industry, in our case, in my case personally, you know, whether in the future, do I really have to fly everywhere or could I maybe do uh, a Zoom session instead of flying? I mean, these are things, you know, we, you can change or when we talk then about marketing, do you always have to do a physical event? Has that to be a huge, big event or can it be a bit more personal and maybe you let other people participate by, by just a digital attendance could be an option too. I mean, yeah, you, you just question, you question personal things like, do I really need that? Do I have, should I eat less meat? For instance, you just mentioned before the vegan yep. topic. I mean, yep. I, I try that, you know, with my son and, and, and my husband and they are both into meat quite big. I never really ate meat, so it's easier for me. But to just question, do you have to eat meat uh, every day? Most probably not. Uh, questions like, should I not mo pay more attention to, to eat organic and have, you know, the food from the region and in the season? I mean, these are so small yeah. steps we can all do. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about your personal life. Like, where, where did you grow up? You're Swiss, right? From I'm Swiss. And, and I think, you know, yes. what is funny is that I grew up in Schaffhausen. So I'm... In in Schaffhausen, really? you know, where our company is based. And, and I'm and my father, my father used to be an engineer. So I basically grew up with IWC because my father had a, an engineer IWC. So I grew up with it. And when I okay. was uh, then in my early 20s, I, I left Schaffhausen and I said, I will never, ever come back. But you should never say that. <laughs> Yeah, but I grew up in Schaffhausen. I still have my brother living in Schaffhausen with his family. My father still lives very close to Schaffhausen. So it's a bit coming home, right? I do remember, you know, when I had my first day at, at uh, IWC, and it was not the first day, but we had the first gathering with, with all the, the employees in Schaffhausen. And this is 800 people. And then we went to go to the theater of the town because we, we haven't had such a big meeting room and still don't. And then I was on stage there in the theater in Schaffhausen and you wouldn't believe that. But when I was really little, I, I took ballet classes and I was on that stage and I dreamt of I dreamed of becoming a, a super ballerina, which, of course, yeah. was not really my talent. So <laughs> I, I had to give in after 10 years, but I was standing on that stage. And that was funny because when I gave my first speech, I, I told the audience, you know, that I was standing there when I was four and felt like I become the prima ballerina. And now I'm here for IWC, which is very beautiful as well. It's sort of a prima ballerina still, right? <laughs> so, so it's not <laughs> too far away, to not be honest. Not too far away. Um, <laughs> 
when were you more nervous the four-year-old or i don't know how old you were when you started that job but um like the cmo starting at iwc or the four-year-old ballerina which made you more nervous on that stage i believe it was when i was four year, years old yeah. because then okay. the stage is even bigger right i mean when you're so little uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a perspective <laughs> thing yeah yeah so okay but uh, your father being an engineer so that's always interested you or or did you not care about till you started in iwc in any of mechanical things or because it's i gotta be honest it's quite a male thing right so you're i don't know about the quote at iwc but it is quite surprising that you in a male dominated luxury segment are that successful it should not be I believe I have two daughters and I hope that the world changes very much into more people like you. But it's still a little bit unusual, your way of, of career, right? Yeah, but you could say that from the beginning of my career, I mean, is beer so typical for a, for a woman? And, no. and, and knowing me from fashion to beer is, is quite a step. But I really enjoyed it. And I, I mean, I'm Swiss. I'm 100% Swiss. And I, I think when I look back into my career, then I was working for the largest brewer in Switzerland. I was working for the chocolate company in Switzerland. And to then on top, you know, add the luxury watch industry with IWC ma makes my journey perfect, right? Because it was always beautiful, beautiful Swiss brands. And, uh, and when you then ask mechanical watches, there is such a dedication, such a passion, you know, when you look at the watchmakers, the skills they have, you know, that they put these tiny, tiny little things together and that at the end it works. I remember, you know, when I did my watchmaking classes after two uh, hours, I was completely stiff, nearly blind. And of course, my movement and these five parts I should actually take out and bring back, my movement was not working any longer. So I have a lot of appreciation for just the skill set and the craftsmanship. And when you then ask uh, about, yeah, is this, is this a male industry? I wouldn't necessarily say that because there are so many women which are interested even in high complications you know to understand what that uh, that specific watch you know can can give you i wouldn't say you know that it is not an industry for for women but i agree there are not so many it's super interesting to to listen to you and i have tons of questions so um <laughs> how different is it because i'm thinking about now you're you're in the watch industry so it's a product you repetitively maybe daily maybe once a week or whatever see the beauty of and it probably grows on you the more you look at it the longer you let's say consume it or you use it the better it is for you which is the total opposite of beer and chocolate right <laughs> so beer is gone the moment you drink it chocolate is the same thing did that change your approach Yes, I mean, when you just now look into the marketing approach, it's completely different. And I often describe it as um, as a, a journey or as a as a, yeah as a journey you do. And when we we are with you bef before then you purchase maybe our precious timepiece, the interactions are quite intense and often it takes more than a year until you have decided on on that product which makes the marketing mix so to speak or the different approaches we we take until we are close to you and and this this conversation we have to you with you quite different because as you just described it i mean 
uh, honestly, we, we don't have to think for a year, you know, whether you now, now whether we now buy this chocolate bar or not. I mean, this is completely yeah. different. What always fascinated yeah. me is that it is actually at the end the same person, right? It's just a different need. It's the same person. And then it's about the, yeah, the cleverness, you know, how and when do I approach you with with what answer? And that is what fascinates me because here I have a longer journey. I have you a bit more, a bit longer with me and I can learn a lot about you if if uh, I'm open uh, to, to see that. And I think that is what fascinates me in my job still today that um, that you speak to humans, right? And that, and that, I mean, I still learn a lot. I still learn a lot after so many years. I mean, I'm 25 years in the business um, and I was never bored. And till today, you know, I we can do so many new things. And even what you just said before, and this this crisis, this COVID crisis, brought completely new approaches on our tables and accelerated some of the projects we anyhow already wanted to do. And that is the fascinating part about it. And as you said, yes, you grow on the product because we talked about cars or you mentioned cars in sustainability but the car your car is outside in your in your parking lot right whereas your yeah. watch sits on your wrist so it's really your companion in life it always is with you yeah the fact that we are talking the fact that we created this film together about me or whatever um is a big change in marketing as well i think yes. you know and that's that's it's shifting right now it's right now and it's also a result of covid that um People are not, I think, people are not too much interested in yeah, random messages. You got to think about what you as a brand, as a company, uh, tell. And the stories need to be proper, real, authentic stories. And that's something not a lot of people can do. And you guys did that for 15 years. Like um, I'm, I've seen and I've, I've worked for you for IWC in 2009 with Christian Knob on those sailing pictures for Portuguese line. And that's already been the, the authentic uh, definition because you didn't choose a superstar as a yeah, testimonial. You choose uh, Jacques Cousteau's assistant, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. nobody knew who he was, but it, it fills the whole story with realness, talking in hip hop, or but uh, with authenticity, authenticity. So, um, and I'm seeing that. I mean, I'm I'm right now. I'm super stoked. We released the video yesterday about me, but I'm and blown away. And that went away. through through the roof. Oh. Have you seen that? I mean, yeah. that went through yeah, the roof. It's insane. Yeah, and I'm I'm most touched. To be honest, I'm most touched by by mess people write me messages, long emails. It, they watched the video six to eight times and it truly touched them because they're in a moment where they're not sure what to do next. Mm -hmm. And to at least see the blank page, the leaving part, the the courage to go away from situations that, that encourage them to do something different. And to be able to touch a person like this to with a, at the end, brand piece, you know, that's, I think, insane value and that's something that's that's way bigger than here's your watch 20% off this price it's this is a true context of, of high high quality I and think. this is and this is exactly how you how you describe it you know it's not this polished super polished content it's real people like you who tell their story which are story of 
of humans around the globe. And, and this is this is what we want to do, authentic storytelling. Yes, the product is always in the center, of course. I mean, at the end of the day, we are, we are or I am marketing our beautiful timepieces, but it's real stories. It's, it's real, real experiences we have um, with people who, yeah, who, who value our product as much as we do and we tell those stories and as you describe now the feedback on on your your movie is that people fe feel encouraged to go their way as well and we we say it's against all odds so this is the creators of the future but not the creators you know who everybody speaks about and everybody knows that is not so much the point it is that you and I we can we can fulfill our dream if we really want to do that and that is what we try to communicate which is the right way it's it's um you're talking truth right here and i do agree a hundred percent but i'm also doing this for like four five six years now my personal branding let's say yeah marketing or like selling myself my person my name my brand um and i gotta tell you you were the first one who said We just want you to have, like, the, the only rule you had, we want you to be super proud of it. So mm -hmm. do a film that you like. That's number one rule, which nobody else does. Like all the companies I worked with in the past, they all thought about their goals and tried to put them into my world. And I do believe the only thing we really succeeded in is it's authentic. It is really me. And that's because you didn't start like, okay, here we should focus on the the yeah date uh, feature of the big pilot 46. <laughs> so let's find a moment where you say it's very important to put the right date in there. So the word date in it. But that's how other companies work. They try, they have their goals. They say, okay, we want to market this, this, this. And they don't want to market a feeling or a story. They want to market their product. And um, it's super interesting. And that's like, it is, We're now 24 hours in, but it's by far the most successful thing also yes. I did in four years um, because I think it is authentic and you let me do it, which it doesn't mean that I'm the superstar. It just means at least I I created a black or white or whatever, like a, a, the story I wanted to tell. And if it's good or bad, we will find out. But um, at the end, the worst thing that could happen, I think, is a gray story. You know, like you mix up 17 opinions. And I mean, you didn't give me a briefing. And still, I hope you're okay with the feature, how much I featured the watch. And the whole message is kind of like, at least you told me that you're happy with the message that this film transports. No, so, it's perfect. Um, it's really perfect. And, and I think... The, the magic in it is that when you when you asked about how are you choosing the talents i mean this is about yes you you agree you know that you are you are the right person and then there is the trust in it if you don't have that then of course you you become the super freak and control everything and have to do a thousand briefings and at the end everybody feels it you feel that it's not authentic And you feel that I just want to sell you something, right? We are humans. We oh, feel totally. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it needs some courage as well. Yeah. It needs yeah. some courage yeah. as well, you know, to give this freedom. Yeah. You are a creative person and we trust you and we believe that we share the same values. And if that is said, you can give um, some freedom. Else it's not working. 
and you're gonna fail too. Like like we we're now talking yes. about me. Okay, it's kind of all right, but there's probably also a couple of people who don't like this. I mean, that's the other thing. Like there's gonna be, yeah. To be honest, not every there's no product you can produce and everybody will love it. No, it's gonna never. be hated or love it, and then but at least you have somebody who's loving it. And the the worst thing is like a middle kind of, and that's that's not working out. I totally agree, and and uh, yeah, it's totally right. Super interesting to see that. Um, what did you study? I have three more questions. What did you study? Like, e what's your, how did you end up in this job? <laughs> Economics. But I, I, honestly, I knew at a very early stage that economics I chose because I, I didn't know actually what to do. But then I knew it has to be commercial. So sales, marketing, this is me. And then okay. I felt I, actually marketing is what I really want to do because I was always fascinated, you know, by by the future, by the trends, how you can influence people as well, how the brain works. And I felt like marketing is this magic combina combination between um scientific results you know you, you you get kpis key key performance indices you have that but then you have to get you have to develop a feeling for it as well so it's this emotional part where i still believe you cannot really learn it you have that or you don't and this combination between numbers and feeling was fascinating me so i knew from a very early stage that is my field. I felt then I go first into sales because I love selling as well. I really do. And uh, okay. I think, you know, in marketing, you have both. I mean, you have the sales yeah. part in it as well. So I uh, honestly, I felt never that I was at at the wrong, uh, on the wrong seat of the boss. I always knew, I mean, this is my passion and it's my passion till today. I really love what I do. I really do. I really do. It's not comfortable, right? Because you can, yeah. and, and we, we talk, of course, about IWC. And when I look at our formula and I compare to other companies I have worked, I think what we do here is really, we have little comfort zone. We have no comfort zone, so to speak. And we do everything when we take the kitchen language is mise en place. I mean, it's not, you know, that, ah, oh, we did it last time like this, so it was successful, so let's do it again and make just the color a bit different. That's not us. We, we always start from scratch. Very uncomfortable, very busy, very crazy often. But we all love that, you know, and I look at my team, they all love it as well because else uh, you, cannot, you cannot cope with the, with, with the speed, right? And you would not believe that because that's the watch industry. And I said at the beginning, I'm, the watches, they take forever, but not our formula, right? I mean, we really invent yeah. everything from scratch every day again, which makes it very where lively. You, where did you learn that? Because I learned it in music. I, I took pictures and videos of, the, of musicians, of bands, um, and I learned them, I watched them not being repetitive you know because as a musician you can produce the same album the the slow song the hit song the funny song the disco song and do the same kind of yeah you have the same voice you do different words but kind of the same thing but then you're not gonna be there so uh, success doesn't come with rep repetition i think it comes with change and mm -hmm. a couple of things don't work who taught you what you just said like where did you learn Which is totally true. I hundred percent agree with it, but I don't know a lot of people who also feel like that. 
I think, you know, I did not really learn it. It is, I love people. I really do. And and that was already when I was little and four and on this stage and wanted to be uh, become the super ballerina, which I never succeeded to be. But I mean, I was always watching people trying to to understand why they are acting differently or why they are responding to something. And that started for me at the very early stage. And when I said, you know, I always knew I wanted to go into marketing, that's not entirely correct. I was I wanted to go into trend scouting. That was my dream after after my studying my studies. And then it just didn't happen. And then I realized that marketing as a broader scale is really what, what I like. But I think it's just by staying curious and I'm still today, I'm really curious and and I like it, you know, when there are so many changes and I have a lot of colleagues in, in the marketing team, which are much younger than I am. And they challenge me on, on their way because, I mean, they come up with constantly with new ideas as well. And then the magic is, you know, that you look into it, that you understand how it moves people. This is still today, this is my big fascination. It's my big fascination. That's why I would sum it up that I'm really a, a people's person. I I love people and I love different people, you know, to really understand what drives them. That was always my thing. You can feel that. I'm listening to you, you feel that you're passionate about it. That's super, super nice. And that's a huge success. I mean, not a lot of people can talk that passionate about their job. It's it's super nice. Two more questions. Number one is if you create stuff at IWC, if you have to decide, do you do it for customers or do you do it for yourself? Because like that's for me interesting, me personally, because one moment, like I took pictures or videos for other photographers or for people who watch those uh, photos. And then I started, the longer I did it, also, the more successful I got, the more I trusted my gut. I did stuff I liked and then put it out. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't hit. Because in my job, I cannot uh, fit the, the customer's needs at the end. You know, um, The only thing I can fit is, is my own uh, yeah, opinion. And, and at the end, it's 50-50. That's where I am right now. I'm producing whatever I produce is 50% in mind what people who watch or co consume the product uh, are going to think. And 50% is just what I want. So it's a mixture of, of both. <laughs> what's those numbers at IWC? Like what's, what's, who are you listening to uh, as an input if you're creating new stories for the future? I mean, it's now easy to say for me, it's 50-50 here as well. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> of course, the customer is always in the center. And of course, we are listening and, and looking and watching, you know, what the feedbacks are and, and where we have a good interaction and where we have a high engagement. Of course, that influences your 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 gut feeling as well. But then the gut feeling and your in, intuition is, is very important as well. And Yeah. I would say here I have more freedom to to bring in my personal my personal opinion as well. When I when I just look back uh, into my career, um, I knew in the past in the fast moving consumer goods industry, most often you know, for instance, when I really loved the packaging and I felt like these are the most beautiful colors, it was a, a guarantee that it failed in the, in the shelf. I have another question, which is more like uh, when you're applying to me, what's been your best product so far? What's been the best product in your whole 
business life so far? Oh, I had so many. <laughs> yeah, just, but just the best. The just best. One. Yeah. What's been the best? What were you most proud of? How old is your son? My son is 10 and he is 10, okay. so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't really you know what, but you yet, know but, uh, what was really funny you know when I decided to join IWC and I I told Maxim I told him listen you know I go now away from Hoshri and 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 knit there and I join IWC you know this beautiful watch company and then he said to me but mommy no I mean Hoshri is so beautiful it is so beautiful and then I said to him that's funny that you say that but I I I trust, you know, in a couple of years, you will say it the other way around. So <laughs> I, I, it's really difficult to pick just one example. I'm, I have many where I'm really proud of. And, and of course, many, many at IWC, just uh, what we accomplished a couple of days ago with our Watches and Wonders, which was a, a digital experience in, in Shanghai. It was a physical one, but all the rest was digital. And I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the teamwork you know that at the end we made an incredible an incredible digital fair happen um with all the colleagues uh, mostly working from home i mean this is just what makes you proud right i mean that this just turned out to be so successful i mean that makes you proud but and i give you now three because uh, what made me proud in the beer industry is that i fight it you know two years for a beer for from women to women and you know they said to me in Denmark this is rubbish you know no one wants that and I fight it for two years and at the end they said okay then you do it you know if you don't give in then you do it and this product <laughs> is still around <laughs> I mean okay. this is this is cool you know when you then fight yeah. so strongly and I think this is something about me I, I I never give in I really never give in and this is what I always have to tell the women around me this is this is success you have right I mean you don't give in you don't give in because there's always another way but you have to listen you know why the audience maybe is not buying into it and then change maybe its strategy a little but that made me very proud and it makes me proud that the product is still in the shelf I mean that is uh, fast moving consumer goods right Yeah, you can be very proud of that. Great story. <laughs> Last question, and that's that's. Um, I'm very interested in that. What was your first watch, ever? <laughs> and that is now enough because I didn't know that you asked me that question. Uh, it was yeah. an IWC, and I got that IWC from my godmother, and the watch was not ticking on my wrist. <laughs> it was not ticking, and then I gave it to her, and on her wrist it was perfect. Oh, on mine it was not ticking, but my first was an IWC. And do you still have it? I still have it. Yeah. And are you giving it to your son? My son is a boy, and that was a watch, ah, not a, for uh, a boy. But I already have okay. a watch for my son, but he has to grow a little, you know, that he even more appreciates it. What's it going to be? It's a pilot's watch. Big or small? A small one. Small. Yes. The small, big. How do you call? I, <laughs> I, I've, I knew a little bit ahead that the 43 watch is coming around. And, and I thought, like, is this now the small, big pilot or the middle, big pilot or the big, small pilot? No, it's a big pilot 43. <laughs> there is the big pilot 46 and there is the big pilot 43. 
because it's still a strong statement, right? It's an icon and a statement. But I'm really I'm happy, you know, that it comfortably sits on my wrist now as well. It is. I could talk to you for hours. It's super, super <laughs> interesting. But we have to stop over here. Thanks for everything you shared. Thanks for the sustainability part. Super interesting for me and uh, all to you guys out there. Thanks for listening to Partners in Time podcast. Next week, it's Chris again. And um, I hope you gain some insights into the IWC world, at least some in insights into Francisca's life. You live a great life. You do a great job. And you, you I mean, the success you have being able to say what you said about your job, kudos. That's great. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm so happy for you. It really was a pleasure. Thank you very, very much for this last hour. Thank you, pal. It was a pleasure for me as well. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. My dear listeners, thanks for your time. If you can't wait for the next episode, or maybe you want to know more about IWC, the unique watches or the heritage of the brand, please check out the website of IWC or find IWC on social Their handle is IWC Watches. Other than that, I'd love you to have you guys back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss it, subscribe to this podcast. Then you're never going to miss out on any upcoming episodes. See you later. My name is Paul Ripke. Thanks for your time.